En Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, Fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Juntos We Shine, a podcast about inspirational people who lift up and nurture their communities in visionary ways. Hello, I'm Karina Banda. Welcome to Juntos We Shine, powered by Target. Patty Rodriguez and Ariana Stein met when they were in junior high school in California, and the two have been inseparable ever since. As young adults, they began dreaming up entrepreneurial ventures, from hot dog stands and clothing lines to a celebrity website. I think in high school we would find things that we wanted to do together. Yeah, we did a lot of research. How do you start a business? You know, we always learn something new every time we had an idea. But their biggest success, a publishing house named Leo Libros, was a labor of love, born out of a desire to share their heritage with their children. Today, the widely acclaimed bilingual picture books are embraced by kids of all ages. And in this episode, we celebrate a friendship that gave life to these treasures. Chicas, welcome to Juntos We Shine, Patty and Ariana. We are fans of Little Liberals and we are very happy to have you here because Little Liberals, they are not only small works of art and fun, but there is a lot of history packed into them. How are you? Good. Thank you yeah. for having us. Thanks for having us. No, it's exciting. No, it is exciting for us too. But before we talk about Little Libros, I want to talk about your friendship. Oh my God, it's a super long friendship. I'm jealous. <laughs> I want a friend with like you girls. How did you meet? We met when we were 12 years old uh, in junior high, uh, gym class. I think it was the first or the first week of school, seventh grade. And... Um, I think we just gravitated toward each other. You know, at that age, you're kind of figuring out who you are and yeah. who your new friends will be. And I think the universe uh, already had this, like, plan where just moving the parts to bring us together. Yeah, I, I had just moved a year prior to meeting Patty to Linwood. And I was, you know, seeing her, it was just, we introduced ourselves to each other And it was just like, you know, like I knew her already. And oh. so ever since, I think we've been pretty inseparable. Wow. I remember she had braces and I had braces. And I think for me, seeing someone that shared an experience as mine, subconsciously, I think you're attracted to that. Mm -hmm. And you feel a little bit more comfortable because I was already feeling uncomfortable wearing braces. Yes. So you, I see her and I'm like, okay. We're kind of both sharing the same experience. And besides that, both of you are daughters of Mexican immigrants. We are, yes. yes. And I think where we were raised, the majority are Latino, first-generation uh, first Americans of immigrant parents. So it always, it, didn't, it never felt that we were out of place okay. in the city that we were raised in. So, Ariana, I have a question. Yes. Soy muy preguntona, Me encantan las preguntas. Okay. Stein... Is your family name? Because it doesn't sound Mexican for me. No, 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 no. It's el de mi esposo. My husband's last name is Stein. And yeah, I like the traditional uh, thing of marriage. So I ended up keeping his last name. But I'm still very proud of my maiden name, Sauceda. 
um, which is uh, you know my father's last name. What drives you to be such entrepreneurs? Did someone in your family influence you by any means? What's interesting is that the word entrepreneur or entrepreneurship wasn't even part of my vocabulary growing up. My mom and my dad would drive to Tijuana to buy uh, kids' shoes and, and kids' clothing, and they would bring it back to try to sell it. But, you know, it, it didn't really work out because all the stuff that they would bring, I would like it, and I would end up keeping it. <laughs> but I would see my mom moving and trying to find ways to make extra money. Yes. I remember one time we went to uh, those big box stores where they sell todo, like a, a mayoreo wholesale. And I got a box of M&M's that my, my dad bought me. Según yo, I was going to go to, the, uh, to school and sell them for 50 cents each. Mm -hmm. But I ended up eating them all no. during lunchtime because <laughs> I was so hungry. So it's like, you know, the battle of like, you know, being poor because you don't have enough food at home. So you're like, okay, do I sell it or do I eat? <laughs> so, but I think that was the universe hitting me in the back and like telling me like, this is something that is going to come you have it inside. You know, I really believe that the universe always gives you these little signs. And I think seeing my parents and me having that little itch inside of like, I can get something, turn it around and sell it or, or, or be of service to someone else. And for me, ever since I was a little girl, I always liked money. And me a, too, lot of, me too. a lot of there's no shame in saying I it. Like I like money. <laughs> you know, like we were poor. Um, we were we were in a very low income and um, you know, have six brothers and sisters. And uh, so, you know, we lived pretty, I mean, crowded, you'd say. And we had to earn our own money. So we had to get a job at an early age. My first job was at 12 in a plywood company. I didn't have an allowance, so I had to really make some money if I wanted to spend some money, right? I would ask mom, Dad, you know, what can I do so that I could earn this much money? And then I started to like, okay, well, hey, we have two cars, wash the cars. And so I, every single Saturday morning, never failed. I would wake up. That was my ritual for, I don't know, maybe two or three years. I would wake up in the morning. I would go to the backyard, fill the buckets, and I would just put the music on and wash the cars all day. And I would earn my big five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, and then as I got older, you know, I would sell coffee at work and little ways to make side money whenever I could. So you loving money <laughs> and then you not knowing what to do. You both of you get together and start thinking, what can we do to make money together? I think in high school, we would find things that uh, that we wanted to do together, you know, uh, like the hot dog stand that we wanted right, to do. Right, we wanted right, right. to do a hot dog stand because what happened with that with our friend at the oh, bank? Oh, so we have a friend who worked at the bank back in the day. And, you know, one of the things, we're like, who makes the most deposits at the bank? Like, who brings in the money? What do, you know, what, what, what do they do? And she says, you know what? The people that sell hot dogs <laughs> on the street, <laughs> on the street, the hot dog vendors, they bring in a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, we're buying sausages. And, and so I was like, Patty, we gotta start a hot dog business, you know? And so, and I think it was just that curiosity, you know? You, we went to you, go you, scout locations in downtown LA, locations to set up 
you know, our, our hot dog stand. And we learned a lot because we were talking to the vendors. They were already there and they had seniority. So apparently, like, you can't just, like, waltz in and, 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 and set up. It's a community of people that, you know, vendors and their seniority. If you have a spot, you can't just take it away, you know. You can't take it away from somebody else. So, like, you have to, like, really create a relationship and then they will allow you in. So we did all that scouting. I remember she pulled out a calculator to figure out how many hot dog buns we needed <laughs> and hot dogs. And then we started coming up with ideas of like, how can we stand out to sell the most hot dogs? Right. But I think we freaked out because they started telling us that back then there was just like no permits. Yeah. I know things are changing now, but back then it was just like if the cop comes, illegal. they can easily just throw yourself out. And I'm like, well, we don't want to go to jail. You know, so that deter us. But I think, you know, just the idea of us even thinking that it was possible at 18 years old, I think, you know, it really allowed us to like just kind of, you know, kind of clear the path to, okay, we can, if we put our minds into something, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, it, we did a lot of research. How do you start a business ever since we were 18? So how do you start this? So we always had, you know, we always learned something new every time we had an idea. You know, and I think that really helped us with being resourceful. Was, yeah, being resourceful. You know, we also started a t-shirt company when David Beckham moved here from Europe to start playing for the LA Galaxy. We found an opportunity there. We're like, okay, there's a hype. There's a demand for David Beckham. Why don't we start making David Beckham shirts and go to the Galaxy games and sell them? And we printed them. And I think the only person that bought a shirt was her husband. <laughs> he still has it, by the way. Still has it. Yeah, and then, you know, we started with a, a gossip Spanish website when, you know, uh, the internet became a thing. Celebrity gossip was, you know, uh, people were seeking it. We saw a demand there and we saw a market and it was doing well. It was really well, yeah. But I think uh, it, just, it just wasn't our passion. No, it wasn't. That's really what it comes down to. We started doing these because it looked and sounded great on paper. Yeah. But once you do it, you realize it's just not what your heart Right. And it was, I mean, it's gossip. Gossip's not good, you know. And, and I'm sure it was something that you needed to figure it out, right? Yes. Like, it taught us a lot of things. Following her parents' advice, Ariana got a degree in business administration from California State University and soon started working in commercial real estate. In the meantime, while going to college, Patty landed an internship and then a full-time job as a producer in a radio station. And then we became mothers. I got pregnant and then she got pregnant shortly after. And I'm working at the radio station. She's working in her career and you kind of just get complacent. And you start feeling like, oh, this is safe. You're comfortable, yeah. you know? You're comfortable. And it wasn't until I got pregnant with my first son that I started feeling these desire to do more. And um, that's when Little Libros happened. Oh, my God, yes. That was in 2014. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about that. How, how did you come up with the idea of having these beautiful books for kids, bilingual? I got pregnant with my first son, Alexander, in 2010. Um, and I've always just loved books and what they represent and the value they bring to children and just the beautiful artwork and the stories. And I wanted to do things differently than what I went through growing up, which was this like layer of shame behind my identity. And I didn't want him to feel that. I know that it affected me as I was navigating who I am now. It held me back and... It made me feel that I didn't belong here and I didn't want my son to ever feel that way, to ever be ashamed and instead use and understand his identity and carry it with pride and know that it's 
actually a superpower. So I thought about books because books are the first thing that you give a child as a form of media. It's before you put them in front of the television, alongside, you know, the music. You play music to your child and you read to your child. And me being obsessed with children's books, I started searching for bilingual books that represented who we are and what we offer. And the only thing that I found then were just books, classic books, that were translated in English to Spanish. You know, like those books that we all grew up with. If you give a mouse a cookie, where the wild things are. And they're beautiful books, but those books were not written for us yeah. or with us yes. in mind. Yes. And I just wanted something that really just celebrated us. And I said, oh, you know, somebody's missing out on this opportunity. Like my wheels are turning. I'm like, somebody could, there's a market for this. And like, why isn't nobody doing this? And um, the father of my child's like, well, why don't you do it? I was like, I'm not a... St- I don't write books. I work at the radio station. And they're like, well, why not? And, you know, and I sat on that idea for a while, and I'm like, you know what? Why not? I guess that was the question. What's stopping me? My fear was stopping me. So I just got my, I pulled out my laptop, and I started writing a manuscript, an idea, and kind of envisioning the book. I even went to Michael's and got arts and crafts and stickers to, like, do a mock-up of the book, the Frida, this one, mock it up in my head of what I wanted it to look like. And um, I started sending the idea to publishers across the country. And, and it was very scary because, you know, it's, a, it's an industry where there's not a lot of people that look or sound like you. And, you know, and when you're doing something that's not something very new that has nothing to do with what you're accustomed to, it's really scary. A few of them got back to me. And, you know, those that did, they were interested in the idea and they found it marketable. But ultimately, you know, one of them just said, you know, Latinos don't read to their kids. You know, like they're just, they don't buy books. There's, there's no market for it. And that discouraged me and I just forgot about the idea and just moved on with my life and continue waking up in the morning to go to the radio station and just be a mom. And it wasn't until um, 2014, driving home from work, I see my house in flames. Just, I don't know where. Nobody was home. But I lost everything that I had. All I had left was the chanclas that I took to work that morning and my underwear and my shirt and my pants. And I got really depressed. I just went into just this black hole. And I started questioning my existence and, and who I was as a human being, as a mother, as a daughter, and asking myself, like, why am I here? Like, am I really here to just wake up every morning? Which I, I love my job at the radio station, but is it just, is this all I'm going to give the world? That was really the question. Like, what else can I give the world? You know, at the end of the day, when we're all no longer here, what's left of you, your legacy, and what do you create? And I started thinking back about this book idea, and I was just like, I can't be afraid anymore, and I just have to find a way. And that's when I called Ariana. I had just had my baby. Uh, he was a few months old. And, um, you know, one of the things that Patty and I always did is we always had ideas. So we always called each other, oh, you know, this, you know, we should create this, this, and this, and that, and this, and that. You know, it, it, was, it was always like, it was, it was fun and it was exciting. And, you know, just to be able to brainstorm and how to do it. And that was the relationship that we had and we still have, right? 
And so um, I remember at that time, a new mother uh, looking for resources for my child because I wanted to make sure that he was bilingual, that you know he was able to communicate with my family. Uh, my husband is American, he's not uh, Latino. So for me, that it was really important that he understood my language and understood where I am from and, and, and of course, communicate with his grandparents, right? I call my best friend, you know, we should start this bilingual platform and, you know, we should do this and do that. And, and then she said, well, remember the books I told you about that, you know, and I was like, what books? You know, the, the Frida book and the Loteria book. And I say, yes. Well, why don't we just start that? Let's just start a publishing company. Let's start the books. And I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I didn't even think twice, you know. We just literally agreed that immediate moment. I mean, it wasn't even a question. It was, I think it had to be done. And I think, you know, everything that happened to Patty and, you know, the things that, was ha that were happening to me and all of our experiences prepared us for this exact moment. We started Little Libros that same day. And let's talk about uh, Little Libros because, let me tell you, I went to Target and I grabbed all of them and they're here at the table. They are so beautiful. Which, um, by the way, Target was... Literally, our first like believers. Oh wow! They awesome. we got on the phone call maybe five months after the first conversation because they saw the books and they're like, "Who's a publisher? And where can we get them?" Mm -hmm. And they were like, "We'll take them." And so, yes. but like, shout out to Target for believing in us. Absolutely. And. I love the fact that they are so colorful, but I love more that they're rich in history. Yeah. I love seeing Frida, La Loteria, Cantinflas. How great it is this, right? For us, it was just things that we grew up with mm -hmm. and that we, you know, we find important as part of our culture and identity. And we want to continue sharing that with, our, with this new generation. You can't be proud of who you are. You can't believe that you're capable if you don't see yourself. And that's really important, uh, especially, uh, you know, in children in our communities, yeah. black and brown kids, they don't see themselves. They can't be. And, and I know uh, you guys have a book of Zapata and Selena and... Selena, uh, we have uh, Celia Cruz. Um, and traveling to different places, San Salvador. San, that's our new series. Oh, yes. It's a new book, board book series, yeah, the Vamonos series that we're excited about. It's again, it's, you know, what the Vamonos series is about celebrating the homelands and teaching children that, you know, that we're more alike than that we're different. And kind of breaking through stereotypes, especially right now in this, you know, in this climate that we're living, when you create empathy and, and love and, and respect toward one another. Hate is from lack of knowing and, and not understanding. So how do, you, how do you fight hate? You fight it with love. And you know, we hope that our books are that. It's just a little piece of love that we are sharing with everybody. And it's not just for, these books are not just for our community, it's for, you know, all children and, and all parents who value other cultures, and other yeah. cultures, and, and there's so many stories to tell, and, and there's room for all these stories to be shared. There's so much room for them. 
And I like the fact that you pick Selena too, because Selena, you know, she was huge and a lot of kids know who Selena was, yes. even though it was in a different period of time. Yeah, yeah we created the first picture children's book on her, which is baffling. Yeah. Because, you know, this, this country prides itself in, you know, in icons and, and, and history and movers and shakers and the people that came before us. You know, we're very, very much part of our identity and side guys in this country. So we were surprised that there wasn't a book mm -hmm. about Selena yet. So that just comes to show you, you know, how the publishing industry and the, and, and the people that were making the decisions just didn't find or didn't understand the value that as a community we bring to the table. Yeah. And speaking of Selena, I know you were involved in developing her um, makeup line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened. It was one of those things where you see a, a hole or something missing. And I found it very interesting that, you know, MAC Cosmetics was easily able to create a collection on on someone like Marilyn Monroe, who's an American icon. I'm like, well, she's not the only American icon. Like, you know, there's Selena, who I think it's the new American woman, you know? And I kind of started this like online campaign and, and, um, and then that took off. And then from there, like Mac was like, how can we get a hold of the family? And, you know, and uh, I think that really, I honestly look back and I see how that really changed the way these brands and these people of influence saw, and you know, they finally were able to have a clear case study to be like, okay, there's value in authentically reaching out to the Latino American. And I think that really just kind of shaped, and it also empowered us women to go after our dreams. And now you're seeing a lot of like women entrepreneurs and just. Latina women who are just no longer afraid, and if they're afraid, they still go after it regardless. Yes. You know? That was amazing, Patty. Let's take a break because we still have a lot to talk about, okay? In our next episode of Juntos We Shine, powered by Target, meet Justina Machado, the star of the widely acclaimed television series One Day at a Time. Like Penelope, the character she plays in the show, Justina is fiercely independent and passionate about family. I was thrilled to get the part of a woman who is Cuban-American, uh, immigrant family, hardworking family that served this country. I think if you're looking for representation, any representation, you got it on one day at a time. This is a family that anybody can relate to. It's a universal story about love, about life, about social issues. I'll tell you how many people have said, well, I don't know if I could relate to this show because I'm not Latina. I'm like, really? Because I grew up watching all white shows and I relate, I relate because it's about what's happening here and there. Welcome back to Juntos We Shine. We are with Patty and Ariana, the founders of these amazing little liberals. And now it's time to talk about the biggest lesson that you have learned having your own business? I think one of the biggest lessons that we learned um, with having our own business and, and, and working to the level that we, we do now is, you know, we have to embrace failure because nothing 
comes perfect when you have your own business. And we didn't have the experience that most publishers do, but we actually we learned as we went. And I think that, you know, that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs have to do. They have to learn a lot as they, as they go because no one's perfect. No one's an expert. And I think that this is, you know, the fact that we both come from the same background, the fact that we we're both passionate, you know, we just, we have to um, embrace failure and continue going and just not be afraid. We have a clip that we want to share with our audience. It's from the radio show On The Air with Ryan Seacrest, where Patty's been working as a senior producer for a very long time. I think it's important that we salute and celebrate Patty Rodriguez. Yes. Patty Rodriguez, I want to tell you something about Patty. Patty came to this show almost when I started. As a 15 kid. 15 years ago. She was a baby. And Patty started, she did some things, and then Patty came and she did some more things. And then Patty created her own industry known as the Patty Rodriguez Entrepreneurial School of Entrepreneurs. <laughs> It's so great to hear Patty's colleagues be so proud and supportive of her success. And what's more amazing is how she's able to juggle so many projects. Because in addition to her full-time job and little liberals, Patty also designed a line of jewelry. And Ariana not only runs the business side of Lil Libros full-time, but she also founded a pet transportation company, 1-800-PET-TAXI. Did you ever um, have any doubts about mixing business and friendship? No, I don't. I think it just came naturally. I don't think it was something we ever really thought about. Uh, I just, I think, uh, I mean, now looking back, you've, you you know, we kind of realized that the universe already had it, you know, mapped out. And whether we wanted to or not, it was just going to happen. We are two different individuals and uh, we don't always agree on everything. And I think that's when, you know, respect comes into place. You have to respect each other. And I value who she is as a, as a woman, as a human. And, and I see the talent that she has and the strengths that she has. And, you know, I wouldn't see myself doing Having, doing this journey with anybody else. And, um, and, I, and I, I mean, I love her. I mean, maybe I don't tell you that enough, but I do. Mm. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I think it's just, it was meant to be. Yeah. Just like, you know, I, when, you, when you find the person, you know, the love of your life, you know, sometimes you know, it's just, it just happens. And it's just because the universe, that was meant for you. And I think it's the same way when you're looking for for a founder and someone to share that dream and that journey with. It's the same. I think it's the same dynamic as, you know, a sister. You're not, you're not always, oh, you know, it's like you, you have your little battles. Sweet and but, sour, right? But, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we both have a purpose. We yeah. both have a mission and we both have a goal that we have to meet. And at, we still are friends regardless yes. of whatever happens. And now both of you have something else in common. Both are moms, right? Yes. So Alexander is eight and you have another son. Yeah, I have a, a, a three-year-old, Oliver. You know, he's my monster. <laughs> my, it's, my first one, Alexander, he was so easy. He's still very easy. <laughs> but yes. the other one that came is just like, it's just like, it's impossible to kind of like, grab them and be like, can you listen to mom? 
Like, this just is his way or no way. And you, Ariana? I have a six-year-old little monster, which is why I haven't had another one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, one is fine. So, so she got okay. lucky because she got the easy one first, and then she got the monster. <laughs> I'm like, if this is motherhood, I'm going to have 30. You know, but after. But I got the, yeah, I got the monster first, and I'm like, no, la pienso, you know? Like, I think sí. about it too much, so. But, but, but I am going to. I am. I still have time. For sure. Yes. <laughs> and how do they like the books? Alexander is so proud of little libros, and I think now he's at an age where you know he gives ideas and he he's curious, you know, and and I, I love seeing that, and I and I really like to involve him and tell him what's going on, because I want him to know that this is a piece of him too, and you know I I always tell him like if it wasn't for you, mommy wouldn't be here, like you know like I know it's a, a very heavy load for you to carry. But he made me. Mm. I wouldn't be who I am, the woman who's confident. I had it all bottled inside. And it was only after I had my son that he gave me the freedom to be really who I, I feel I was meant to be. And I'm sure they are very proud of having these super moms. So proud. And famous moms <laughs> that I'm sure they get all these comments at school, right? I don't know. I mean, he, my son's like, yeah, my mom makes books. My mom makes books. So now I have the teachers. I heard you're a publisher. <laughs> Can you come to the class and do a story time? Oh, that's of course. Great. Yes. That's so nice. And going back to all those challenges that you have to go through, what will you say to others looking to act on their dreams? The biggest challenge that I found or the biggest, you know, wall to jump over was myself. And I think once I was able to get over my insecurities, my fear. No, I mean, actually, no, I still carry the fear. I, I, but I've learned to work alongside my fear and not allow my fear to hold me back, but instead to push me. And once you get over that and you understand that you're the only person that's holding you back, Everything else is pretty simple. Now, with the platform that I have, it's what I want to teach, you know, and, and tell others and share that. We're our biggest critic. We're our biggest mm -hmm. wall. And once you understand that and you do the soul searching and you, and you find within you and everything else, just like this puzzle that just comes into place and connects. And I think, you know, one of the things that I have always told everybody that I meet, that they're like, oh, you know, I have this idea. And, you know, you have an idea you won't know its full potential unless you go for it. You only have one life to live. So take that risk because it will take you far. And if it doesn't take you and your business far, it will take you as a person, your confidence. It'll take you to another level. And, you know, just have fun. Go with the ride. Before we go, I want to ask you, what does community mean to you? Love. <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom being proud of me and sharing that with, you know, everyone she knows. Um, it's our, our language, the memories that we carry with us, that our parents and our family share with, um, the nuances that make us who we are and makes, you know, it's, we have a very beautiful culture, um, and Latino Americans, despite of where whatever country we came from, 
Like we share a lot of that, you know, the values that we have, which is like family and, and love. Those, you know, those, those two values are just like, they're the strongest ones and we all share it. And, and, you know, we're all here in this together. And by building community, you're not just building yourself up, but you're also building the future for our kids. When I think of community, I think of, I think of love. When I think of community, I think of family. I think of a connection. I think that it, community is is a force that can make anything happen, literally. Because, you know, you even though you have different values, you share the same goals. And whether it's to change something or to make the world a better place or to support a business, like we always come together. We always support each other. You know, Little Libros is all community, mm-hmm. all community. If it weren't for the community that has supported us from the beginning, we wouldn't be here. And, you know, I think that we're, you know, we're, we're a very small company. We're self-funded. We don't have investors. You know, we don't have deep-pocketed investors who have taken small businesses to another level. It's just really Patty and I and our little team, you know, and I think that if it weren't for them, we would not be here. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being in the Juntos We Shine podcast, for inspiring us, for embracing our community, for having this beautiful project that it's especially for the future, which are the kids, right? And congratulations for achieving all these goals. And hopefully we will have you soon again with the Vamonos series, right? Yes, that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. We will make sure to be on the lookout for it. Vámonos from Lille Libros. That's all for this episode of Juntos We Shine, powered by Target. I'm Karina Banda. Please don't forget to subscribe. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere AroPay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Punto com para detalles.